You're listening to a podcast from the BMJ. Uh, welcome to the first Drug and Therapeutics Bulletin podcast. My name's Ike Hanacha and I'm editor of DTB. And later I'll be talking to Dr. Julia Schofield, a member of the DTB editorial board, who's also a consultant dermatologist and principal lecturer at the University of Hertfordshire. Nice to see you, Julia. Nice to be here. We'll be talking about the vexed question of malignant melanoma, and in particular, private mole clinics. But first, some background. Malignant melanoma is diagnosed in about 10,000 people each year in the UK. And one of the things we know is that early diagnosis improves the chances of survival. Not everyone with a suspicious mole, though, ends up seeing a consultant dermatologist, of whom there are fewer than 500 in the UK. Many will be seen in primary care. But there's also a gap in the sense that people who are worried about their moles can now go and access services run by private mole clinics. These are clinics which will offer to check and monitor your moles for a fee. There are some worries, though, about these clinics. These have been highlighted in a report from the All-Parliamentary Group on Skin, a collaborative comprising members of parliament, uh, healthcare professionals, patient groups and pharmaceutical companies. In a report published at the end of last year, the group raised some real concerns about the running of these clinics. And it's these, these issues that I want to discuss with Julia Schofield, who was a member of that group on, on skin uh, and is also a member of the DTB editorial board. Um, Julia, these skin clinics uh, all claim to use the lakeless technologies, um, some of which are also used by dermatologists uh, to look for signs of cancer in moles. Could you talk us through these technologies? Well, I think that anything that can help us to diagnose malignant melanoma earlier and pick, pick it up earlier and reassure people if they don't have malignant melanoma has to be of value. So I think what, what, what you mustn't do is assume that we think that any of the new technology that relates to early diagnosis of malignant melanoma is a bad idea. Some of the new technology that we have potentially may be an asset. The first thing that is widely used in this country now by most dermatologists and by quite a lot of interested and enthusiastic GPs is something called dermoscopy, which is basically when you use light and magnification to have a closer look at a, a mole or a pigmented lesion to try and work out whether or not it may be malignant. Now, the next thing you can do is you can link that to what we call digital dermoscopy, which is basically where you use those images and then you link it to algorithms, computer algorithms, to try and work out whether or not a lesion is benign or malignant. And then the final thing you can do is teledermoscopy, which is basically where you take these um, pictures um, using demoscopy, a digital image, high quality, and you send it down the wire to a specialist to have a look at the image with a few details of the history of the patient. So there are those three techniques. And, and those techniques are all in use in mole clinics on the high street? You, um, I think by and large, the mole clinics on the high street would not use straightforward um, just looking with um, demoscopy. Most of them will use digital demoscopy with or without re remote assessment by a dermatologist. I mean, to a layperson, that seems like a good idea. You've got these fancy pieces of equipment which can look at a mole and tell you with presumably a high degree of accuracy whether it's likely to be suspicious or not. What's the problem with that? I think there are two ways to look at this. If you look firstly at digital demoscopy, there's very good evidence that actually you over-diagnose malignant lesions and you lead to unnecessary surgery. And some of the studies actually show that you miss malignancies as well. More so, than a, a dermatologist would do? Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. 
So replacing the dermatologist by using uh, digital dermoscopy plus algorithms is not good on its own. If you add that to remote dermoscopy and getting a consultant to look at them, you improve things. But um, there's still some anxiety about the fact that that leads to over-diagnosis and over-excision of benign lesions and unnecessary skin surgery, but more importantly, unnecessary anxiety for the patient um, at the APPGS. We got a fair bit of evidence from consultants around the country that patients are turning up who are very worried because they've been told that they've got a dodgy mole by one of these clinics based on the remote analysis of a digital image and actually when they turn up in the clinic it looks completely innocent but by this time it's actually very difficult to persuade the patient that the lesion is innocent and they often finish up having it removed anyway. Those people presumably have gone to the clinic because they can't be reassured through the NHS or they can't be reassured quickly enough through the NHS for their needs. So. I'm struggling with the idea that these clinics are necessarily a bad idea just because they don't have someone like you operating the equipment. I would love these clinics to be useful and for them to be a helpful adjunct in the diagnosis, the early diagnosis of malignant melanoma. I think that would be great if we had another string to our bow. But what we didn't get was any evidence. We had some evidence that suggested that maybe 1% of all malignant melanomas were being diagnosed by these clinics. That's quite a lot of, of melanomas, and I don't, I don't remember seeing any patients who've had malignant melanomas diagnosed by a mole clinic. I've diagno diagnosed a whole lot myself, and I've also seen a whole lot of patients who've been to some of these clinics and have had their anxiety raised, and they've had a completely innocent mole. So, in your view, they're a bad idea, these clinics? I, I, I would hesitate to say that. I don't, you know... I, I think as they are operating at the moment, they are not, they have not been shown to be a good idea. We need audit data, we need an audit trail, we need some evidence. We need to understand better whether they are good. We don't have that. So based on the evidence and also the information that the inquiry received, I think it is extremely difficult to recommend these services at the moment for sure. So... What would you, just in simple terms, what would you need to see, you personally need to see happen about these clinics in order for you to be reassured that they are a good thing? Well, the first thing I would want to do, and, and the other thing to say is, uh, Ike, that I know that some of uh, my colleagues are looking at these images remotely, okay? So, and what they find frustrating is that they look at them down the wire, they give a... Uh, an outcome and they never find out what happens to the patient after that. So the first thing I would say is you need to close that loop. So these folks that come along where um, they then have their mole reported using digital imaging and a remote viewing by a specialist dermatologist and then they maybe go off and have their mole removed or not removed, we need some understanding of what the outcomes are. And it may be that if we pick up lots, if it's picking up lots of melanomas, we say right this is a good model and we join it up to NHS dermatology services, but we don't have that data at the moment. The only data that we have at the moment is that uh, these tools, um, digital dermoscopy, etc., if you compare them to a consultant dermatologist, they don't add anything. What about the charge, Julia, which some people might put, which is that this is all protectionism, this is just your elite group of 500, smarting really because somebody's seen a gap in the market which you can't fulfil. And now you're getting on your high horse and saying, well, we can't have this. We can't have nurses diagnosing what we spent years learning how to do. 
Well, I, I, I think uh, that is a very fair argument, and I think it's an argument I would expect you to put, and I'd expect um, lots of people to put. We can't expect to have hundreds more consultant dermatologists, but actually they may add a bit if you put them with somebody who's not quite as experienced. So it may be a way of sorting out that middle market. So like a nurse in a mole clinic, in fact. But a, a, a suitably trained person. I run um, educational programs where I train up GPs and I train up specialist dermatology and cancer nurses in recognising skin lesions. Um, they spend a lot of time learning how to do that. It's a very robust training program and they're formally assessed at the end of that. Now, I think there's a tremendous opportunity maybe to develop those sort of people's skills to, to run alongside or to work within these settings. I don't think, I don't think this requires... Um, a doubling of dermatologists, consultant dermatologists, and I've been very careful not to argue that. The evidence that we had was that some of the people working in these mole clinics on the high street, they've had two weeks training in looking at skin lesions. Well, that is just not enough to be able to look at somebody's skin and work out which is the worrying mole that they should be photographing. And we could do better. One or two weeks, or you're just lucky and you found a bad one to make your case. Let's use the the argument that we have to use the evidence that we are given, and this was evidence that was given at the oral part of the inquiry. And we asked on several occasions. You know, we tried to be completely clear about what the training was of the people working in these clinics, and one of the very large providers was clear that it was two weeks training. So if that's two weeks training on top of a specialist dermatology nurse who's decided to go and work in one of those clinics, then that may be fine. But if that's two weeks training for somebody who's just graduated as a nurse, it's nothing because they get no training at all. The other people that are getting into the market a bit are pharmacists. And again, about, well, they have a trivial amount of um, training in their undergraduate curriculum in respect of moles and would not never claim to be diagnosticians. Okay, so you're clearly not happy with the idea of these clinics running on the high street. What about if they were part of uh, an NHS setup? I think there was some evidence that was given at the um, inquiry. There were some concerns expressed that some NHS dermatology departments are offering a private mole scanning service. So um, they would be saying to their patients, you know, if you want to come on Saturday morning or you want to come in a few days rather than wait your two weeks and you don't want to sit in the NHS clinic, you can come along and have your, your mole scanned and you'll have a dermatologist look at the images. Now, that's great and it's a great service. And I suppose if you only want to wait a day instead of waiting two weeks and you're prepared to pay, you could argue that that's reasonable. I have a difficulty with running a private service alongside an NHS service. Um, it would be very unfair to be offering mole map mapping and mole imaging services to private patients running alongside an NHS clinic and not offering it to the NHS clinic. And I think it would be unlikely that that would happen. What is more likely to happen is that uh, the NHS service would develop a mole mapping service for their patients who we know benefit from that, who have lots and lots of funny moles, where we know this is a really useful technique to be monitoring and mapping moles. And then alongside that, you might run a service which was a rapid access mole mapping or um, mole checking service. So I think that, that that it can be run within alongside or within an NHS units, and maybe that's the framework we should look at. Okay. And I suppose finally, what would your advice be to somebody who may be listening to this who wants to go and use a mole clinic? 
Well, I, I think it's a bit disappointing if they feel that they do need to go and use um, a mole clinic because actually um, I think that a lot of people who go to mole clinics are the worried well. Um, and they, they see the clinic, they think, oh, I'll have my mole looked at, but they don't ask the question, why am I getting my mole checked? The evidence is that if your mole's not changed at all, if you've been watching this mole for donkey's years and it's stable and it hasn't changed at all, then there's no point going to a mole clinic to have it looked at. Moles that are dodgy are changing. So if you've got a stable mole that has not changed, then you don't need to worry about it. If you've got a mole that's itching, but has not changed at all, just a little bit of itching, again, that's highly unlikely to be anything to worry about. However, if you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, etc., and you've got a new mole that is growing, or you've got a mole that is changing in size, shape, or colour, then that's a worrying mole. But if you go to your GP and describe those symptoms, you will be seen within two weeks on the NHS. You don't need to go to a mole clinic, is what I would say. And we offer that service now. Julia? Thanks very much. Okay. For more information about this programme and other BMJ Group podcasts, please visit bmj.com.